This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Abasa wa tawalla anja'ahu al-a'ma wa ma yudrika la'allahu yazzakka aw yazzakkaru fatanfa'ahu al-zikra amma man istaghna fa'anta lahu tasadda wa ma alayka alla yazzakka وَأَمَّا مَنْ جَاءَكَ يَسْعَى وَهُوَ يَخْشَى فَأَنْتَ عَنْهُ تَلَهَّى كَلَّا إِنَّهَا تَذْكِرَهُ فَمَنْ شَاءَ ذَكَرَهُ فِي صُحُفٍ مُكَرَّمَةٍ مَرْفُوعَةٍ مُطَهَّرَهُ بأيدي سفرة كرام بررة قتل الإنسان ما أكفره من أي شيء خلقه من نطفة خلقه فقدره ثم السبيل يسره ثم أماته فأقبره كلا لما يقض ما أمره فلينظر الإنسان إلى طعامه أنا صببنا الماء صبا ثم شققنا الأرض شقا فأنبتنا فيها حبا وعنبا وقبا وزيتونا ونخلا وحدائق غلبا وفاكهة وأبا متاعا لكم ولأنعامكم فإذا جاءت الصاخة يوم يفر المرء من أخيه وأمه وأبيه وصاحبته وبنيه لكل امرئ ووجوه يومئذ عليها غبرة ترهقها قترة أولئك هم الكفرة الفجرة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد My brothers and sisters in Islam 
We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving us another opportunity to sit together to be reminded of the goodness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon us, the duties we have upon us, and to remind us to be the best of people and to live up to the term Muslim. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us truly from amongst the Muslimin. This evening, I don't wish to take up too much time. As you can see, uh, perhaps some of the networks have not sent the SMS across, although it was sent twice. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us uh, a reward for having made the effort to attend. But at the same time, I have a very short topic. It is connected to a duty upon us. If you take a look at the Qur'an, it has in it lots of duties that are between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you have salah and you have, mashallah, uh, the ibadat, the tilawa of the Qur'an, the recitation of the Qur'an, the learning of it, the putting into practice of it. We also have other acts of worship, uh, such as, for example, the fasting. We have the act of worship as uh, the hajj, where we are spending our wealth and at the same time we are going out fulfilling what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us to fulfill, spending wealth and also making an effort with our bodies. So some acts of worship are only connected to the body, some are only connected to the wealth, and some are connected to both the body and the wealth. Like for example, you have uh, zakah. Zakah is connected to your wealth, not necessarily much of your body. But how would you be able to get that wealth? Mostly you would need to make an effort which would require your body also uh, to have made that effort. But at the same time, from another angle, some acts of worship are connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And there are other acts of worship that are connected to human beings alone. And there are acts of worship that are connected to both Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well as the human beings. So they are termed huququllah. Huququllah means the rights of Allah. You fulfill your salah, that's the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You abstain from eating pork from drinking alcohol, from listening to music and so on, this is between you and Allah. You have not usurped the right of another human being. It's just your relation with Allah. In these matters, it's important for us to know that Allah forgives anything and everything. Known as huququllah, where there is a discrepancy or faltering, for as long as you ask Allah's forgiveness. So, if I acknowledge my sin, I regret it, I ask Allah's forgiveness and I promise Him I won't do it back again. If those four conditions are met, the sin is wiped out. For as long as that sin is one of those known as huququllah, which means it's something between you and Allah. So a person has, say for example, committed adultery, a person may be involved in something haram between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, person hooked onto pornography, a person who might have some other bad habits between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, these are forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as soon as you ask Allah's forgiveness sincerely. And we've mentioned the conditions. You don't need to ever confess any of those sins to a human being. Never ever. No matter who he is or she is, they don't need to know. It's between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the spirituality is really uh, that connection between yourself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes family members like to dig uh, the sins of their spouses, maybe their children, maybe their parents, maybe their brothers and sisters, maybe... These sins that are not usurping your rights, you don't have the authority to go and dig and spy. The spying is haram. Allah says, you want to spy? You pay for it. How do you pay for it? You are not most forgiving, most merciful. I am most forgiving, most merciful. 
this person's link can be very very powerful with me after them having repented after them having been in the muck but with you if you want to go and spy and pry you'll never ever be able to understand that they could have been cleansed purely by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet they did not take any of your rights and you might hate them forever perhaps even land up in divorce and so on based on something that was between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they must have been the best people to you they never usurped your rights they always respected you they were always the top of the notch and so on they were never evil people so if we go in and become policemen for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we pay for it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says clearly that a person is responsible between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His sins between him and Allah will remain between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Yes, if a pillar of Islam is being ignored completely, then it is our duty to come in in a positive way. Say your spouse is not reading salah. The beauty is, we, if a spouse is not reading salah, we don't really have a big issue. The minute you find an SMS from another female or in the other case from a male, it's over. Yet we don't understand what is the bigger crime here. The bigger crime we have is for, it's actually looked, uh, overlooked completely. And the, the, the one that might be, we're not saying it's right, but it's wrong, but it's of a lesser degree. Definitely, although its nature is very high, but in comparison to salah, one takes you out of the fold, for example, and the other one keeps you within the fold, but as a sinful person. And sometimes what happens, we take that one more serious because we've become policemen. We've become people. I know of people who might have had some very illicit relations within marriage for a short period of time. And before their spouse ever knew anything, they came out of it. And they repented to Allah and they became the best of people and the spouse never ever knew anything. Never knew anything. And yet they've come for help sometimes or sometimes they've told someone, you know, I had this issue and so on. MashaAllah, I'm totally free of this. And Allah, these are phases that human beings sometimes go through. And sometimes we think we know a lot. Nobody can say they haven't sinned. Obviously the nature of the sin is very different. No one is saying that everyone has sinned in the same way. But nobody can say they haven't sinned at all. And nobody can say that they are not in need of the mercy of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's up to us to realize that sometimes we overstep. When it comes to policing people, we're not supposed to be policing. And as a result, we don't understand what's the mercy of Allah. What's the tawbah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we begin to say that, you know, uh, this person has actually wronged me. There is one term that I'm going to say here that actually is not an Islamic term, but we use it, and we use it a lot. And we wouldn't mind using it to refer to others, or even sometimes to the cases that may affect us closer at range. We say, he cheated on me. Have you ever heard that word? He cheated on me. The truth is, he cheated on Allah. There. He cheated on me. Who are you? Allahu Akbar, I'm the wife. She cheated on me. I'm the husband. To be honest with you, did he fulfill your rights? Does he fulfill them and so on? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. He requires your help. She requires your help because she or he has cheated on Allah. That's what it is. But sometimes we fail to understand and realize this because we think they cheated on me. So Allah is out of the equation, taken out totally. It's got nothing to do with Allah. This person sinned against me. Are you a God that he sinned against you? No. Did he whack you? Did he not pay any maintenance or something? Does he not look after you? Is there no, you know, anything else that's happening and so on? So perhaps 
He has wronged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's hurt you. That's how you should be wording it as a Muslim. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to abstain from hurting one another. It's bad. I'm not saying it's acceptable. Don't get me wrong. I'm only trying to modify the way we look at things. Because sometimes we don't realize a spouse whom we have stood by through thick and thin. When they come or when they overcome the weakness of theirs, we will be a house on fire. Believe me. Those who are the happiest in the world are those who've helped each other through difficult days. Not those whom, first thing you saw, I'm home. This is a weakness. Yes, if you've been smacked or if you've been, uh, should I say, let me try and word it a little bit more appropriately. If someone has abused you in a proper way, you know, there is proper physical abuse, there is mental abuse, sometimes verbal abuse beyond the point of being able to help them. You see, verbal abuse, if a person says, hey, you're stupid, may Allah protect us. I don't even like to say that, meaning not even here. But if that word stupid is used with me or with you, and then we make a big court case to say, you know what, I was verbally abused, so I want out of the marriage. So what did he say? He said, I'm stupid. Then you are definitely stupid. Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us. I'm sorry to say that. But what that means is, that word is bad. It's derogatory. We don't like it. But the man needs help. You probably need help as to how to help him. And sometimes it's the woman. But now if a man swears big swear words, that is now verbal abuse. Unacceptable. Yes, he needs help for the word stupid. We agree. He needs bigger help for bigger words. But when it becomes intolerable, you have the right, really, to complain, to say, I'm being verbally abused. This is what it is. I cannot take it anymore. And this is, I need to know how to be helped to take the next step. There we are. So this is a very balanced statement. We're not saying that you should ignore it. But we are saying there is a fine line between the period of helping one another and the period where you now can no longer help them. So you're trying to seek guidance as to what to do next. Notice I'm not even saying, you know, separate. Because today, any small thing, people are not prepared to sacrifice. Yet marriage is based upon sacrifice. Anyone who doesn't have that in their lives, they won't be happy in their marriages. Anyone. And that's without exception. You have to sacrifice. Even if you're the happiest in the dunya, there has been a sacrifice that you've made in order to be happy. Happiness comes with that sacrifice. What is the sacrifice? To learn to help one another. To stand by one another. To help each other in your weaknesses. You don't just marry a perfect guy or a perfect woman. Finish. She's, going, she's a perfect ideal bride. Wow. Now she comes in and next thing you notice something. Typical example. She's lazy. Okay, that's a big problem. Lazy. Okay. How to help her? Helping her would not be, you very lazy. Then you phone her mom. You know what? This daughter of yours, extremely lazy. Well, to be honest, you all you're doing is you're putting water on the seed and you, you're making her even more lazy because she'll become rebellious. But there's a way of helping. There's a way of assisting. There's a way of saying things. And if you don't know, you need guidance. We cannot just say it in two, three minutes here. But the truth is, let's use that example. So there's a problem. You have to sacrifice, then you will be happy. What was the problem? Laziness. Say, for example, a man, very vulgar. Sometimes, and I know of this complaint, oh, this man is quite dirty. Hey, that's quite a big complaint. When someone is dirty, dirty meaning they don't pick up after themselves. They, they, you know, they, they're messy. They actually, I hope they're not smelly, but at the same time, Allah protect us. If that's the case, you, there's a sacrifice. You don't just say, I want out. Help them. You know, try and see how best, and we need to treat them I don't want to say like patients, 
But sometimes you need to treat them like a person who really requires a lot of help. A lot of help. That is how you get closer to Allah. Help those whom Allah has brought into your life. You know, the problem is sometimes we look at things and like I said, we think, oh, this person is gone against my rights, finished. I, I don't want to have anything to do with them again. But you were so excited before the marriage, during the marriage, immediately after the marriage, what happened? What happened? Was there an eclipse when you went on honeymoon? So now the moon was no longer sighted and the honey was gone. Allahu Akbar. As you know, a lot of fake honey nowadays, mashallah. You need the genuine stuff. My brothers and sisters, it's something very interesting. If you look at it, where, ask yourself, if, if anyone is complaining of a marriage that is in turbulence, ask yourself, what am I doing to help the situation? And to complain is not helping. To just come up and say, no, this person's bad. I can't, I can't do this anymore. No. What are you doing? What have you done? Have you got to the boiling point? You know what I mean by boiling point? Each person has a different point where you've tried your best, maybe a few years, five years, six years, ten years, some people more. Some people see happiness after ten years. Then they say, mashallah, you know, we worked so hard. We went through our roller coasters up and down. Now we've settled down completely. Because sometimes people take time to mature, both male and female. Some people complain that today people want to get married at 15, but they don't know they mature at 35. Allahu Akbar. It's happening. You know, the sooner they want to marry, sometimes the later they mature. So now between 15 and 35, you're going to have a bumpy ride. You know, and you're going to have really a roller coaster ride in the sense that one day you're okay, the next day there's something wrong, but it does not warrant a divorce. No, it doesn't. A divorce is something serious. And if you think you will be happier with someone else, when your spouse only has one or two weaknesses, that someone else whom some people already have in mind whilst they're married has ten weaknesses. Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us. The, the, the scourge is really it's a menace today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So if you have two issues, five issues, work on them. And we are not saying that, okay, you have to live with oppression. Not at all. But at the same time, what you need to know is... You need to live to the extent. You need to try your best. Have you tried your best? How long have you spent? What have you done? What sacrifice have you made? Don't ever look at someone else's bungalow and destroy your heart. We've heard that so many times. So people say, look at those people. They're so happy. They're happily married. Just take a look at them. Oh, they're holding hands. Wow. Well, I can actually triple X your hand to your husband if that means anything. Hands mean nothing. They can hold hands and hug and kiss in public. That's actually, it shows how they don't get along behind closed doors. So they just show, creating a big show in the public to say, you know what, we're actually getting along. We just want you guys to notice. May Allah protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So as I'm saying, the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remember, you need to help people fulfill them. And like I was saying, if it's a pillar of Islam, then you, obviously it, you take it more seriously. Different steps can be taken and so on. However, let's get to the rights of fellow human beings. We have to greet one another. That's a right. What is haqqul muslimi ala al-muslim? You know, there's a hadith which says, what is the right of a Muslim has over another Muslim? And several things are mentioned. One of them is that you greet the person. One of them is when they sneeze. And they say, Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah. You say, Allah. may Allah have mercy on you, subhanallah. And then they are supposed to say, Yahdikumullah. And one is when they pass away, you've got to bury them. Someone somewhere has to bury them. I mean, it's fardu kifaya, which means 
for as long as a group of people who are sufficient for that burial have taken uh, or have engaged in it, then this, the duty will be lifted on the entire community. But if no one does it, the whole community is sinful. That's the meaning of fardu kifaya. So that is a duty of a Muslim. And then when, they, when a person is ill to visit them, it's a duty. It's one of the rights. It might not be a compulsory thing, but a right meaning something to fulfill as a believer. You're a true believer. How keen are you to go and visit the sick and ill? May Allah make it easy for us. It is so big. You know some of the churches around us, I know of them making committees only to visit the sick. Committee. So you go there, you tell them who's sick. The SMS goes through. A committee from the church goes and visit the sick. We have that as an ibadah. Where are we? Someone's sick. You say, no, don't go there. It's contagious. You're going to get sick as well. Allahu Akbar. You've got to think. And this is why it's important for us to know. Visit them. At least phone them. At least ask them if you know who they are. And obviously, sometimes even if you don't know who they are, but uh, perhaps you might want to go with someone who knows them and just visit them. Salam alaikum. We're just here to make dua. No extra speech. We need to remember, you know when we visit people, we need to be focused upon why we are here. Why are we here? So say I'm visiting a sick person or sometimes we go to a person's house where someone has died. Typically, may Allah protect us all, myself included. Typically, person passed away. So we're gone. It becomes a social gathering. Hey, how's it? Hey, nice dress you got. Nice, sorry to say dress. It's more the ladies who do this sometimes. So, you know what? Hey, beautiful. Ooh, this perfume is smelling really nice. What's it? What's the name? You know? You know what? Please, somebody just passed away here. Come on, did you come here to market all the products? Or what's the story here? You know? So, be focused. Another thing you say, hey, that person is looking very arrogant. Yo, look at how they're sitting in that corner. So stuck up. They don't even want to look in this direction. That person might be making big du'as and really in their own little corner. And look at us. What are we saying to others? What are we thinking? The thoughts we have. We need to fine line these thoughts. Let's not do that. This is why go. The minute your mind starts wondering, greet them and walk away. You will have protected yourself. Wallahi, that's a duty. The same applies. Someone's sick. And then you go there and you start chatting about everything else. Sometimes you bring in embarrassing things, you know. For what? Why start entering into personal details and so on? And sometimes we speak dirty and cheap, you know. And yet we've gone to visit the sick, which is an ibadah. Allah says that on the day of judgment, a person will come and he will be told, well, you didn't visit me when I was sick. And he will say, Ya Allah, how could I have visited? How could you have been sick? He says, well, didn't you hear that so-and-so was sick? Had you visited them, you would have found me there. Which means that is a place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has definitely granted a much higher status and, and value than other little places. Obviously, all places have different value, but this is very high, lofty. You go and see someone who's sick. Remember, it's an act of worship. Say good words. One day, I was sitting, this is a true story. I was sitting with someone who was terminally ill. And in comes a man. And he says, you're looking bad. Inna lillahi wa inna Where's your report? He looks at him, he said, ah, I think he's just two, three more days left. So don't worry, just bear it out. And I'm like, what? I'm busy trying to tell the guy, may Allah create a miracle for you. May Allah help you. Because we believe in miracles. Wallahi, we believe in miracles. We all do. But imagine a man. This was quite an elderly man. And he comes in and he just bursts the bubble. Completely gone. And he says, you know what? I think two, three days. Don't worry. Just stick it out. It's now, now it's almost over. Come on, man. 
And what are you talking about? And I could never have believed that this would have happened if I didn't witness it with my own eyes. Come on, are you that despondent? And I'm busy thinking, uncle, one day you're going to be there. And I wouldn't like to come and say, uncle, 20 more minutes. Just, just, just bear with me. Astaghfirullah. Wallahi, this is terrible. Whenever we visit a sick person, we need to do two things. Firstly, obviously, we make dua for them. And on top of that, so we pray for them, we ask them, you know, uh, the, the dua, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure them, to give them, to grant a miracle. And then we give them hope. We give them courage. We tell them, you know, good things, you know. Uh, I've also witnessed people, it's interesting to visit the sick sometimes, because you know, you see people say so many things. When we walked out of one place, one man tells me, hey, this person, Allah's cleansing the, all their sins, because I know a lot of the sins this person's committed. Whoa. The first part of your statement was okay, that you know Allah's cleansing us of sins, but you can't say, I know the sins they've committed, because perhaps it's not. Perhaps, really, we need to know that we are taught as Muslimin whenever you're sick, you know, even if you're pricked by a thorn, the hadith says, that that is elevation of your status in the sense that a few things happen. One is, with your sabr, your, your sins are expiated, meaning they are completely wiped out. And, and the more you bear sabr, the more you are cleansed. And once you're left with no sin, then obviously your status is being elevated higher and higher. But for someone to come and say, I know the sins this person's been committing, please. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from these type of words. They are cutting, they are hurting. And the second was actually backbiting. I had to say, uncle, please don't ever say this again. Ask for forgiveness. He says, no, 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 no. Okay, I'm, at least I'm guided. You know, I should. I said, perhaps it's got nothing to do. Those sins you may know. I don't even want to know them. But they may probably have been forgiven a long, long time ago. How do you know? You know, and what, what should we, uh, why should we be bothered in, in, in that life between them and Allah and their spirituality, except in a positive way? So if you want to be positive, tell them, no, mashallah, Allah will grant you this and that, and don't worry, and you know, you do this and do that. Wallahi, that's what it is. I normally tell people, and this is what I do myself, we make a lot of istighfar a day. Every time we ask Allah's forgiveness, not to say we know sins we've committed now today, even if you don't know the sins you've committed, ask Allah's forgiveness. It's a very high, a high value statement, if it's coming with sincerity, very high. It can actually take you to paradise, just constantly on a daily basis with sincerity that alone can actually grant you entry into paradise that's the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when we visit the sick and ill we need to remember it's a duty we speak to them with good words but the problem with us we become despondent we want to have nothing to do with anyone else yes society to be honest with you not everyone will be good not everyone has good habits and traits but sometimes a little visit from you can actually change the life of a person. Don't underestimate that. You and I are all ambassadors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has put us as vice gerents on earth. And to be honest, we have a duty to fulfill. What is it? To improve ourselves and to reach out to others in a positive way. You may change the life of a person with one phone call. You may change the life of a person with one visit. If you strike the right chord at the right time, Allah could have used you to guide one man. And that, the hadith says, is better for you than humurin naam. Humurin naam are the red camels which were termed at the time the most valuable of material items in the world at the time. Imagine. Now let's get to the crux, the main point that I want to raise. My brothers and sisters, every one of us, we will come across issues with people. Every one of us, there will be issues with people. Who are these people? Sometimes 
family members. Sometimes family members and others. Sometimes perhaps others alone, not family members. But normally as you grow older, there will be issues. There have to be issues. So why are there issues? There won't be a single extended family, in my experience, that will not have issues. And when I say issues here, I'm not talking of major things, but things that you will need to overlook, you will need to sacrifice, you will need to forgive, you will need to have a big heart if you are a Muslim and if you want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a smile. Why do these things happen? The reason why they happen as a Muslim is because Allah wants to test your reaction. That's all. Put a full stop there. There you are. That's all. So you have a problem with someone, whether it is an uncle, an aunt, a grandfather, a nephew, a niece, an in-law, your in-laws, your brother's in-laws, anyone else, whoever, your sister's in-laws, who I, I, whatever names you can think of, I'm sure every one of us, the only reason there is an issue is for Allah to test how you react. That's all. Put a full stop there and keep on asking yourself, how am I reacting? And Allah wants to watch you. What do you do with these people? Your own son, your own daughters, your own blood. How do you treat them? What do you tell them? How do you speak to them? What do you hold against them? What is it? This is really something that will make you fulfill the rights of fellow human beings. Starting with those who are most important. Those who are the most important. So... There, this is why you will find there is no extended family that does not have issues. The best would still have minor issues. When I say minor issues, I mean small things. They have overlooked. That if you see people that get along very, very well, it's not because they're getting along very, very well from thin air, but it's because they've made a sacrifice to get along very well. They've made a sacrifice. Wallahi. Without that sacrifice, you won't get along. Look at Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiallahu anhu. Powerful example in the Quran. Nephew of his. What is a nephew? Close relative. And this man wasn't too well to do and so on. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu used to spend on him. Until one day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to test a whole lot of people. So someone happened to start making accusations against the best of women who was Aisha radiallahu anha, the daughter of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anha, and the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and what happened is, the man who was related to them was one of them who spread the rumor. To say, you know what, in our language, in our language, he said, she had an affair. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. In our language. He said, she had an affair. And that hurt. It hurt a lot. Why? Because that statement is now from Hukukul Ibad. It's now the rights of a fellow human being because their dignity, their status, you're not allowed to backbite, slander, spread rumor about. Backbiting is to speak the, the truth about someone that they would not like if they were present. That's backbiting. Slander is to, to lie about them. Imagine the difference. Today when we speak the truth about someone behind their back, we don't even consider for a moment that this is backbiting. It's a major sin. May Allah grant me steadfastness and everyone else. So, what did Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu do? He reacted. Human nature. What's human nature? What? This man is talking? And I am spending on this man? Okay. I'm never going to give him any more. 
No more. Wallahi, I'm not going to spend on him again. Now, was he wrong? To be honest with you, if someone has really hurt you, is it wrong for you to say, I'm no longer paying the kids' school fees? Is it wrong? It's not wrong. Let's be honest. If you're just helping someone voluntarily, and then you happen to you confirm that this person is the one who's spreading rumors about you, and if you say, listen, just don't come to me anymore. I don't want to pay anymore. Would you be wrong? You wouldn't. It's in your rights to do that. You're not wrong. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to respond to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq to guide him. That guidance is there for us. And this is what I want to highlight today. You know what Allah says? وَلَا يَأْتَلِ أُلُوا الْفَضْلِ مِنْكُمْ وَالسَّعَةِ أَنْ يُؤْتُوا لِلْقُرْبَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَالْيَعْفُوا وَالْيَصْفَحُوا أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ Two things mentioned. أُلُوا الْفَضْلِ مِنْكُمْ وَالسَّعَةِ Two qualities are mentioned of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Allah says, those who have fadl and sa'ah. Fadl means virtue. Abu Bakr has high virtue. He has a high rank. He's a virtuous person. Those who have virtue. And a sa'ah here refers to ease in terms of the dunya. Also Allah's given you. Allah's bestowed upon you. So those who have virtue. And they have been blessed with sustenance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not befitting for them to take an oath that they are not going to spend on a person who is a poor relative of theirs, who has, who is a muhajir, a poor relative of theirs, for this particular reason. Let them forgive. Let them embrace. Don't they want the forgiveness of Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahi, we could speak about this verse for a lifetime. Do you know why? We have relatives closer to us than that person related to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. We are doing less for them, meaning we're not even spending so much. They have said statements against us that are not as bad. Still, we will not talk to them for a lifetime. That's the thing. Why? We fail the test. That's the thing. We don't want. If my son does not do what I want him to do, it's game over. I will not talk to him. Finished. He is. And I can tell you what's, what happens. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness. They say, he's sold. Sold to who? I don't need to say who. Allahu Akbar. He's not sold. There's nothing like that. No ways. Give them their space. Come on. Give them their space. They are human beings. Perhaps we are being hard. Perhaps we are being difficult. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. So it's an understanding coming from the Quran where Allah is telling Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, yes, you are hurt. He accused your daughter of adultery. He is going around spreading the tale. But we want to tell you, your virtue, keep it going. Forgive him because Allah will forgive you. Do you know what? We wrong Allah in a big way every day. Sometimes through our dress code, through the way we speak, through our missing of salah, astaghfirullah, that is a major, major sin. May Allah forgive us and grant us steadfastness, make us strong on our salah. But sometimes we are lazy. Sometimes we, even the laziness we feel for reading salah, do you know that? That's a sin. You're not supposed to feel the laziness. But if you fight it off, you get a reward. So in a way, 
depending on how you've ultimately reacted, you can convert something that would have ultimately been a sin into a good deed by warding it off completely. So, we commit so much. Sometimes we lie, we say things, we waste time. We do so much on a daily basis. Each one would know. A lot of the times we have, even within our dress code and our liaisons and associates, so many different things. And we want the forgiveness of Allah. But we are not prepared to forgive someone else who's hardly done much against us. We're not even prepared to say, look, I don't even want them to come and say, I'm very sorry. I forgive them before that. It's over. I don't. And really, we don't need to go around telling everyone, I got a big heart. I've forgiven. That's a sign you have a small heart. Because your heart is so small that you've got to go to the whole world and tell them it's big. If it was big, you don't need to say so. Leave it. You will feel the happiness. You've got a big heart. Never mind. Leave them. Forgive. I have no space for hatred in my heart. No space for it. I might stay away from certain people. Alhamdulillah. That's not wrong. Sometimes, you know, people are the, the cause of, of your distress by merely looking at them because it brings back things and so on. I've, you may have forgiven them. You may not be associating with them, but you don't have hatred in your heart. Something you need to know. There's no space for hatred. I leave them. Allah forgive them. I don't hold anything against them. And this is why we say to Allah, Ya Allah, I am forgiving this prime enemy of mine. Totally, completely, Ya Allah. Grant them paradise. Grant it to me as well. If you're genuine, you'll have it before them. Because through your prayer, they will get paradise. Do you think you won't get it? Allahu Akbar. But it's not easy. That's why we've got to keep on talking about it. And if you have the right company, and you have the right frame of mind, and you talk to the right people, it becomes easy. Very easy to forgive others and you know, tell them, ah, you know what, let them carry on. Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us in so many ways. May Allah grant them goodness as well. We don't need to say, Allah destroy them, Allah curse them, Allah break them, Allah, you know, Allah show them, Allah fix them up. Those are words, you might be your right sometimes, you might feel, hey, they wronged me, they must have, they must have it. But what if Allah used the same equation for us? Just what if? For example, they wronged us, so we said, Allah break their back. And next thing, we wronged Allah in big ways and our back is starting to break. It can happen. So the beauty is, consider this. What we want from Allah, we should want it for others. We want forgiveness from Allah. Learn to forgive. It's your right. Some people are so hurt. And I do know there are dangerous people out there. The world is changing fast. Some people are so hurt that they do not find it in their hearts to forgive. But we still tell them, look deeper. Search. Search a little bit more. What are you going to earn by wanting to see them penalized? Okay, the man was penalized. Right, now I'm happy. Did your life change? In the sense that, did that give you any more money? Or did that make you a happier person? Or, for me, I would ask, did that guarantee my, my place in paradise? If it did, well, it doesn't. To want to see retribution all the time does not guarantee your place in paradise. But I tell you what does. To learn to forgive almost guarantees your place in paradise. Depending, obviously, the reason why I say almost is there are other factors included there. You have to have iman and so on. But, almost, in the sense that you have a big heart, mashallah, and Allah knows it. And you know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us? You come close to me this much, I come close to you this much. Meaning, hand span, I come close to your whole foot. So if you are showing the quality of forgiveness to, to 30 centimeters, for example, Allah will show you the quality of forgiveness to three meters. This is the thing. But sometimes we don't realize. We don't understand. Why? We've never been spoken to. We've never been spiritually counseled.
to look at things in a different way. We've always had hatred. We always live. We're unhappy. We don't want to get up in the morning. Why? That person depresses me. This one here, you know, I can't do this. No. Change your attitude. Your approach must change. Yes, there are bad people on the globe, but the test is for me. If they're really bad, I do have the right to get my, my own rights from them. You know, someone steals a million dollars from you. You can't just say, ah, the other day we had a talk. Forgive. Allah will give you paradise. That's a different type of, of a right that's usurped. That's not just a rumor that was spread. That's a different type of a right. You have every right to say, you know what? I'd, I'd like to press charges against an individual because they usurped a million dollars of mine. Or let's make it more realistic, $10,000. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. But sometimes when a person has knocked your motor vehicle, in this example I've used it in the past, it might be in the best of your interest to just tell them, you know what, carry on and I'll carry on. <coughs> Sometimes it might be in the best of your interest to do that. The reason is, in our country I'm talking about, if you say for example, just off the cuff, I'm just thinking of this example. Say someone bumped into your vehicle and there's a slight dent at the back. Now, you're in the middle of a very, very packed, jammed street at half seven in the morning. And the whole world is stopping and everything is happening and people are two kilometers back. And if you come out, now first thing is you have to wait for the police, as you know. Unless you amicably sort it out, say, you know what, guy, don't worry, you go, I go. Why? Because for me, for me, I'm talking of personally, the loss of spending five hours waiting for the cops and then getting uh, your statements done and then getting that to a further stage and sometimes it goes to court because it's contested and then you find statements have been changed and suddenly you are guilty so now you have to pay everything as it is yet it was a simple accident where someone else knocked you you know what I'm talking about it depends who you know and how you know them and what amount you've known them for Allahu Akbar this is what happens in some countries so what the best thing to do would say look this thing here would cost me $500 to repay. If I'm to stop here for 5 hours, that's $5,000. I'd rather save myself 4.5 and walk away. But not everyone thinks this way. I think this way and I've done it, to be honest with you. That doesn't mean bump my car, please. <laughs> but at the same time, what it does mean is that consider the damage. Sometimes if it's bad and so on, yes, you have every right. You will wait. It's better for you to wait. But the point being raised is, Weigh your pros and cons. See what there is for you there. And act reasonably. You know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. So, getting back to what we were saying. Within our families, within our communities, we will also have feuds. We will have issues. Why? There is no community on the globe that has no issues. No, not even one. Not even the non-Muslims. You have, whether they are Christians or Jews or Hindus or Buddhists or whoever else... There are issues within the communities. They have to be. For us, it's a test from Allah. How do you react to it? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. May He open our doors. Remember, and I want to raise this point as a, as a closing point inshallah. We need to have, if you want to live a happy life in this world, you really need to have a big heart. You really need to reach out to those who sometimes might have been negative against you. You really have to reach out to them. You have to be courteous and kind, even to those who are sometimes unkind. And you will find you will be very happy. And yes, where they have trampled a little bit much, you may want to consider being a little bit more firm in the way you've reacted. I've worded it a little bit carefully. But at the same time, you need to know 
You cannot just react the way the TV teaches you to react. No, not at all. Someone does something and next thing my marriage is broken. Next thing my children are all gone. Next, I'm a difficult person. That's why my children are gone. Let's look at it that way. Why do we always have to sing? They're difficult. Maybe I'm difficult. We always have a crisis every time where the generation gap makes it seem to the older people that my children are being disobedient, they're disrespectful, they're leading their own independent life, but they don't understand it's just a generation gap. The understanding is now slightly different. It's a bit, you know, panel beaten. We could use phones which were, mashallah, pressing the buttons. Now it's touch screen. And then comes Siri. Up to today, I still cannot speak properly to Siri. She gets upset every time I try. Allahu Akbar. But the new generation, they have a good conversation. That's, that's them. So that means they have a slightly different way of looking at things. Perhaps they, they use different technology. They have different understanding. Give them a bit of their space. Yes, remind them of their duties unto Allah. Don't be hard and fast about other things. You have to do this way. You know, I enter the house and the people were arguing. This is in another country. And I'm wondering, hey, I'm here as a guest and there's a debate. You know what the debate was? The mother was insisting that on the day of Eid, we all need to wear the same clothing. And one daughter-in-law says, who are you? You know what she says? I'm the mother of your husband. Come on. Now, they asked me, what do you think? I said, do me a favor. Everyone wear different clothing. And you know, I could almost hear the mother growling in the background. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Really. It's, but that's being unreasonable. Because you want everyone to eat in one place, everyone must be, you know, make a show of pretending to be united when in actual fact, one wants to go to the zoo and the other one wants to go to Honolulu. And they're busy sitting around your table because they're looking at you and saying, the witch is looking. <laughs> Allah protect us. That's not what, you rather say, for example, don't worry, you guys go to the zoo, you guys go there, you guys carry on on your holiday, you people, and you know what, we, myself and your dad, we'll just be eating at home, it's the day of Eid, Allahu Akbar, they'll message you, mom, I love you, whoa, the other one will say, mom, we brought you a gift, the other one will buy you, the, why they love you, because you're not trying to control their lives more than the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the new generation. So, if you want happiness, learn also to apologize. I know of a problem and a crisis. That the older generation sometimes they say, what? Me? To say, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Well, if you're not sorry, then you're going to have to face a cracking and breaking up your whole family before you die. Your children won't talk to you. Your families will split. All. Why? Just because mom or dad couldn't say, I'm sorry. It's not bad. It's a good thing. Sometimes, you know, that old mentality. Just today I was talking to someone and saying, you know, my generation, and I'm sure uh, some of you here are older than me, you've seen how we were punished corporally, if I can word it that way. And to be honest with you, that's what built us, according to me. Corporally punished. We had fear. You know, when they say, he peed in his pants, it may have happened to some of us. Allah protect us. When you see your dad and you just look at him, you freeze into thin air. It's no longer like that. The world has changed totally. Today, dad sees his son and he's freezing. That's what's going on. Believe me. The life has changed because son has become big and huge and he says, Dad. And dad says, Sorry? Yes. Everything's changed. Allahu Akbar. May Allah bless us. My brothers and sisters, we need to enjoy our lives. But as I say, within the limits of Allah, we remind of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at the same time, please, for Allah's sake and for your own sake, broaden your heart a little bit. 
Don't want everything your way. My, this must happen this way. That Let them have them. You know, protect them. Let them have it. They don't want to show the world that we all together, together, when the hearts are far apart. Rather, let the, physically we can be in different parts of the globe, but our hearts are so united that not, not a few days pass and we've got a call. Hey, how are you doing? What's happening? I'm missing you. Mashallah, it's good. Rather than saying, and I've had this happen, where people say, oh, when is she going to die? She's living, hey, she's healthy, she's so old, and look at her, she can walk from here to there without even bending. Allahu Akbar, may Allah not do that to us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. I've really enjoyed this evening, uh, mashallah, and I hope to be putting this up uh, in a few minutes, inshallah, uh, online for the benefit of the others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all goodness. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanakallahumma bihamdi kanashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayhi.